This is Chris Christensen from the Amateur Traveler Podcast, and you're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Ready to roll? Sure. Finally, a face to the voice that I've heard on. <laughs> I've heard your voice hours and hours and hours, especially on long flights. You're the voice of my travel. You really are. That is funny. So it's a real pleasure to have you here. Well, it's nice to be here. It's funny. When I just met you in the lobby, I heard your voice, and I was like, I want to shut my eyes and be like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like weird when you meet somebody, you have to listen to them so much. The very first podcaster conference, so this is 2005, Podcast and Portable Media Expo, or whatever it was called then. It changed names every, like every year for a while. I remember going around. I, I am by nature a shy person, so I, I went around at the party and just listened to voices. It's like, do I, <laughs> do I recognize anybody here? Well, that was but, me to you. That's, I'm like, this is the guy from the show. This is him. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so what brings you to the Big Apple? Uh, I'm here for, well, the New York Times Travel Show is this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means there are other travel conferences as well. So I'm actually speaking at a travel conference tomorrow with the Society of American Travel Writers. And then Thursday is the International Media Marketplace and then New York Times Travel Show on Friday. So you couldn't have picked a warmer time to come oh, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely. Is it unbelievable out there or what? <laughs> wasn't bad today. What? Yesterday coming in was cold. Oh, and I leave for work like 530 in the morning. yeah. yeah. So it's like bone chilling at five thirty well, in the morning. I went to school upstate New York. So oh, where'd I, you go? I, I went to RPI. Okay, in so you, New York. Okay, so I was gonna be like, oh, you know, West Coast guys, you don't know, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> you keep bringing up the travel thing. You're like the OG. You're like the original travel podcast guy. I'm not necessarily the original travel podcast guy, but there were four or so of us that started around that time that maybe are still. Still going on. Oh, they're uh, still active now? Yeah, there's a, there's a few others, but what, not a lot. What started you to do the podcast? Because you started, well, like maybe 10 years ago or maybe like eight, 13. 13, 13 and a half years nobody ago. Nobody was doing podcasts back then to the level they are now. What made you want to start doing a podcast? Well, so so podcasts came out 14 years ago, uh, roughly September of 2004. And I started listening by January of 2004, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2005, rather. And so I was listening to what shows were out there at that time. I started listening to shows then and thought, you know, I got to do I got to do a podcast. That, you know, but I didn't know what to do. So I thought about doing a tech podcast because I am a tech guy by vocation. I've been a tech guy longer than I've been a travel guy. Okay. And then I thought about doing actually a religious podcast. I actually do one now. And But then we had some friends over for Memorial Day, Memorial Day 2005, and all the best stories as we sat around in the backyard were travel stories, you know, because travel is takes us out of our everyday. And so people, you know, have these memorable experiences and they started. So I started a show that was going to be about my travel, which was a stupid idea because I was working full time. (laughs) I was, you know, podcasting four weeks a year and traveling, you know, rather traveling four weeks a year and podcasting 48 weeks a year. And that (laughs) math does not work. No, It doesn't. So if you're going to be a, you know, full time podcaster about travel, you better be a full-time traveler, and I was not. And so it very quickly turned into a interview show, mostly interview show, not always. I just did a one of my best episodes about uh, Botswana uh, Safari, the only episode I've ever got done that got interrupted by a lion, <laughs> but, uh, but usually it's an interview show. Mm-hmm. And I also found that I liked hearing other people's travel stories because I was only traveling four weeks a year, and so they were my virtual way of traveling also. Can you describe like your podcast? I'm not saying you to sell it. It's beyond popular because it is different because it's not just you saying, hey, I was just in blank. I was just here. 
you're getting people on from all over, like yeah. who are local experts, do you call them? Or? Well, it, it depends. So sometimes I've got the person who wrote the guidebook. We had the person who wrote one of the guidebook authors from Lonely Planet on, for instance, talking about, uh, talking about a trip down the Volga last year. And then we get people who are bloggers uh, quite often, bloggers or other podcasters, because I know that they're good at telling stories. Uh, not everyone can tell a story. It's no. one of the things you learn by doing this. <laughs> oh, and there's some there's some shows you will never hear, but uh, that they did not go well. Or I get people for who listen to the show. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite guests for years. He hasn't been on the show in a few years, uh, but uh, Chris, a guy who is a lawyer out of Atlanta, came on the show, and he had, he gave me the best pitch ever. He said, um, "I just got back from Tonga. Um, I was swimming with whales and." Um, I also brought along a recorder, a hydrophone, and recorded whale song. Would you be at all interested? <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, I, yes, I would. Um, and he, actually, his now ex-wife said he used to, to pick their vacation based on what would get him back on the show. So he was on the show talking about going and seeing the mountain gorillas or taking. He was a wildlife photographer by passion, a lawyer by vocation. You know, he would go to Mongolia and take pictures of wild horses, and he would go to Antarctica and, and all of these great trips. And so he's been on the show, you know, five, six times, uh, once talking about Atlanta, which is his hometown, but usually talking about someplace he went on vacation. So sometimes listeners of the show, um, sometimes locals. Sometime, what, actually, one of the people that makes a best guest is somebody who is, now I've got a lot of expats who are pitching me things, and it's like I lived for... Tokyo for a year or three months or something like that. So I, so they really know the mm -hmm. city. It's a little harder if you, especially if you're a you know a blogger. And I went there on a press trip. Yeah. It's like, well, what did you do? I went. I well, I did the five things they had me do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, but it's a lot easier if you have somebody that well. I married a gal from there, or I I went back to. We've had some people on recently who are expats talking about some places in China that basically fell in love with the place and moved back there or have been working out of there a long time, you know, and know the know the region they're talking about. I've been there five, six, seven times or whatever. See, I, I give you so much props because I do a podcast. I try to do most of them live, but the call-in ones, they can be tricky, and most of your shows are call-ins. Is that difficult not knowing the person? Like if you're friends with the guy, you know phone conversations, you know when they're going to stop talking, when they're not. But now you have an, a caller calling in talking about Bangkok, just say. Well, we edit the show. Obviously. I mean, so th that's the big thing, too, is in, we're recording such that we're on different tracks. So if I talk over you, uh, we, can, we can fix that in post. So there are some things that help that way, but generally not. You get better at interviewing people after a while. You basically get better at you when you start talking to them before you start recording and, mm -hmm. and warm them up a little and, you know, tell a few, few jokes or whatever. Uh, actually, we don't really do that, but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but we do talk. We do, we do have a conversation, and I, I haven't found it to be that difficult to do in terms of but, – but, again, some of them don't work. Um, I, I had one I, – I tried twice with someone who was a local from Gdansk in Poland mm -hmm. to do a show and, and – English was not his first language, uh, you know. Fair enough. He's not from here, right? Sure. And uh, he, we couldn't get the facts in any particular order. Mm -hmm. uh, I had another show where you know somebody had gone to a particular destination. <laughs> I sort of don't want to call the person out. Had <laughs> <laughs> gone with his father, who was a history professor, mm -hmm. who would have been a great guest, except that he was dead. <laughs> he had died within the last year, so he wasn't going to come on the show. 
And we literally went for about 20 minutes before I called it with, you know, and then we went here and my father told me a great story about the place. Well, what was the story? Well, I don't remember. No. <laughs> so he set you up and killed his own story. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, uh, you know, there's not a lot you could do with that. So Your show's so diverse. Like, you don't have a target audience, do you? Because yeah, a North American traveler. Okay, because it's weird because, like, you'll have one episode, like you just yep. said, Botswana, and you just came out with an episode from Chad. And then you'll have, <laughs> and then you'll have an episode just say about London and Paris, right? And then one about the Hudson Valley yep. or some random stuff. It's going to sound generic. Where do you get the ideas from and put out? Hey, should I put out a Chad one today? Because <laughs> it's it's so random. Well, somewhat, it's trying to fill in the map. I really want to talk about every place worth going, mm -hmm. uh, but but I have some criteria. So one of the things that I tell people is I'm looking for a place. So I'm targeting a North American traveler. It doesn't mean we don't have people listening all over the world, but I'm targeting a, a really U.S. and Canadian traveler because it's in English. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd target a Mexican traveler, except that I probably do the show in Spanish, yes. right? And so I, that's, the, first of all, my audience. And then because I'm trying to make that my audience, that's one of the reasons we focus on a one-week trip, usually. Mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing New Zealand, for instance, we did a two-week trip because you're going that far. But knowing that Americans don't have or don't take enough vacation time, if I was targeting an Australian audience, maybe I'd talk about a four-week yeah. trip <laughs> or a French audience, you know, all of all of August. This is what you should do. But then it's, you know, someplace that's worth getting on a plane and going to. Um, and, you know, for me, Hudson Valley actually makes that that criteria. Mm -hmm. There are places, for instance, in my home state that I people are pitching me and I'm still like, eh, you know, Central Coast is a, is a, my favorite area, and we'll do another show sometime on Monterey, Carmel. You know, we did one way, way back, 13 and a half years ago, and I want to do another one there, but people are pitching me some great alternative wine regions in California, for instance, like uh, San Luis Obispo and, and Paso Robles and things like that, and I, I think they're great, but I'm not quite sure they rise to the worth getting on a plane and going there yet. They're they're up and coming. Mm -hmm. Um they're definitely a regional travel destination. If you're in California, you should go uh, because they're they're cheaper. There's they're sort of you know people pitch it as Napa twenty years ago, and I think they're right, but I'm just not quite sure that it makes it yet for me for that criteria. So yeah, that's that's part of my criteria. You travel a lot. What do you use? What equipment do you use in terms of recording your podcast? Oh uh, well, I usually am not recording the podcast while I'm traveling, but except when in I, Botswana, except in Botswana. <laughs> Uh, so in Botswana, I'm using a uh, uh, an H4, a Zoom H4. Zoom, yeah, I love the Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm using as my portable recorder. If I'm doing something like, so I do three travel podcasts. I actually don't know if you knew that. Uh, so I also do This Week in Travel with uh, Gary Arndt and Jen Leo. And oh, Gary was on my show before. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So Gary and I do a show with uh, Jen Leo also of the LA Times, or formerly of the LA Times, and then a guest, usually another travel writer, blogger, or something like that, who's just got a book out, is is pretty typical. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that show, if we're doing it remotely, we're either using his uh, setup, which is a couple microphones and a Zoom H4, or we're using my Yeti microphone, just sitting in the middle of a table, <laughs> you know, sitting around talking about it. Um, and then, and that's pretty much it in terms of you know, at home, it's just a Yeti. Are you a full time podcaster now? No. You have a real job too. Well, sort of. <laughs> uh, about five and a half years ago, I quit the full-time job. And, so I'm a software contractor. As I said, by, I'm a nerd by, <laughs> by vocation. Uh, I've been, you know, worked for Apple and IBM and HP and TripAdvisor and, uh, you know, number and about 18 years of startup companies in Silicon Valley. And so I 
do software contracting to make a living because it's the travel journalism as a career is easier to get offers than paid. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not hard for somebody to say, hey, I'd love to, right now I'm talking to a company about a, a barge uh, cruise in Burgundy, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's easier to get that sort of offer than it is with, hey, come, I'll pay you to do something. Of course. So, uh, so I still do the contracting, although I'm, last year was the first year that the numbers were big enough that it was sort of like, well, maybe I should start focusing on doing some more things with the advertising and, and get more of my revenue from that. Because we did about 3.8 million uh, downloads did last you really? year for Amateur Travel, yeah. Oh, my God. Is that the most successful travel podcast out there? I doubt it. I would, well, I don't know. Uh, for sure, but um, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably bet on uh, travel. Travelog is that the one? No. Uh, um, so the the two that I would think that are c- competitive, one is uh, Lou Mangello's WDW Radio, oh, yeah. um, which is just focused on Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got just mad passionate fans. And and in some ways, if you think about it, his is easier f- in the sense that he's he's very focused. Uh-huh. He's the opposite of me, right? Um, and then Rick Steves, uh, his radio show does well as a Okay, yeah, it makes too. sense. Uh, so I don't know what his numbers are, but he also has a number of different shows where he's, you know, if you add up all of his things, mm-hmm. I think he would do pretty well as well. You said you were a podcast listener. Who do you listen to as podcasts? Well, I listened to 70 podcasts last I checked. So um, a bunch of history podcasts, mm-hmm. so hardcore history. Of course. Because it's, it's required. Um, and... Uh, English history podcast, um, Revolutions. So the guy who did the History of Rome podcast has a finished that one in 500 episodes or so and then went on to do uh, a new one. Well, it's not, not new anymore, but he's he's walking through different revolutions from the English Revolution. He's all, all the way up to the Mexican Revolution, and I think he's off to the Russian Revolution. It's incredible. Next, and uh, he's, he's terrific. And then I, you know, Grammar Girl... Uh, a number of productivity podcasts uh, like uh, Get It Done Guy, um, David Sparks from Mac Power Users. They just rebranded his uh, Working for Yourself podcast to be a productivity show because they were doing enough of those. So I that one I sort of slipped into it was I didn't start listening to it because it was a productivity podcast, but they sort of moved in that direction. Mac Power Users. Uh, uh, Adam Christensen from the the Mac cast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't spell it the same way, but we've known each other for 13 years or something like that now, 20, mm-hmm. 12 years. Without like saying, hey, I had X amount of downloads. For In this. fact, one of the reasons I didn't do a tech podcast was I'm a Mac guy. And, you know, I worked for Apple for four years, so it's, uh-huh. in, the, it's in the blood. And Adam had already started his show. Adam's okay. show is, is a little older than mine. And so it's her like, oh, well, you don't need two, t- two Mac podcasts, which is, of course, ridiculous because... <laughs> There are way more than two now. Of course. But, you know. I'm glad you did the travel one. Do you see numbers differently? Like, and I'm going to use Chad because I try to go to, I hate to say weird places, <laughs> but I, I like to go to places that Chad, not me. Chad counts as a weird place. Yes. We, we called it that on the show. Oh, yeah. In fact, we said, you know, if unless you're trying to fill in the map, unless you're trying to get, it, it is one of the most corrupt nations mm-hmm. uh, on the planet in terms of how it's being rated by, you know, um, can't think of who does the ratings for those, but but I have seen that show up as you know, it's a, it's kind of a little broken in terms of things, but you know, fascinating place at the same time. When did your love of travel start? Because th- there's a difference between when you meet people. Yeah, oh, I, I like traveling. Cool. <clears throat> I don't travel, or 
I'm obsessed with it where <laughs> like I just went to London for three days just because I wanted to go away. You got like the itch. Where did your love start? Was it a food, sightseeing, or was it something you always wanted to do? Uh, national parks. U.S. national parks as a kid. My parents took me all around the West seeing the U.S. national parks, and that's where it became, you know, that, that was where my love of travel comes from because we didn't fly. My only international trips until I was out of college were um, two different trips up into Western Canada. Uh, we, we just, you know, we didn't do that. My parents waited until they retired, until they did a couple trips to Europe or something like that. Did they travel like after, after for a few years after they after they retired? They're no longer traveling. Mm -hmm. They're ninety one and ninety two. Okay, so, God uh, bless them. <laughs> yeah, not traveling as much anymore. And you know, there's different types of travelers. What kind of travel do you say you are? Uh, do you like, hey, let me go to random countries like your show, or do you focus on, hey, these certain countries do I want to go to? Um. Well, some some of the shows, some of the countries we talked about in the show, I will never get. <laughs> You're not going to Chad. It's not high on my list. Let's just say. Okay. Uh, it, although you know Gary, who you talked to, for instance, did a did a trip with uh, G Adventures, which was a repositioning trip up the west coast of Africa, mm -hmm. stopping in all the countries, and that is sort of like, okay, Gary, that, I don't <laughs> I don't usually envy your trips, but that was a month long trip. It's like that one I do want to do. Um, yeah, I do, when I want to do more in, in Africa. Yeah. Uh, well, in fact, I'm hoping to take a group, you know, if I need a couple more people here in the next couple of weeks to take a group to South Africa, Botswana, and Victoria Falls in May. Oh. Listen, listeners of the show. When are you leaving? Uh, it's the last week in May. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm tearing out. My fiance's right behind you. If she gives the okay, I'll tell you, my uh, one of my best friends from Zimbabwe, and he's been promising me to go to Victoria Falls. <laughs> he's been prom I promise I'm going to take you there. I'm going to take you there. He, there's a political issue with him going there. He's not allowed really to go there anymore. Ah, okay. So, but that sounds like a great trip. Now, what are you offering with the trip? Uh, we, you can people can take it out and check it out. It's amateurtraveler.com/africa2019. But it's basically a nine ten day trip. I don't remember off the top of my head that uh, starts in Johannesburg, does uh, Kruger National Park, and then does a, a few different parks in Botswana on the way up, including uh, Chobe in the north, and I think there's another one in the south. Um, that th those will be in you know tent camps. Uh, it's this is not a luxury trip. I think it's about seven hundred seventeen hundred dollars uh, in terms of land cost plus airfare. Mm -hmm. So it should be a should be a terrific trip. And again, I was just you know just there and thoroughly fell in love with Botswana. Was that your first time in Africa? No, no, no. Uh, second time, second time in sub-Saharan Africa. Fourth time in Africa. What was it about Botswana that you loved so much? So, well, Botswana is an interesting place. It's um, so it's the size of France or Texas. Those are about the same size, right? But it only has two million people. So it's when you're in northern Botswana, up for instance in the Okavango Delta area, we would be out, you know, we, and we were there late in the season. We were the last tour before the rains come in, and mm -hmm. in, in fact, while we were there at one point the you know the rains are now off in the distance and lightning is striking they're coming in a little late and and we you know we had like a hundred elephants parade through our oh. camp excited running off toward the rain and, the, and all these things so but we would go days where we would see one other vehicle and so it's quite different so i've been to for instance in gorongoro crater in tanzania which mm -hmm. is stunning uh, it really is a stunning place and you know i know it's it's are usually ranked in one of the top three places to see wildlife and things like that. But on the other hand, comparing the two, it's it's much more crowded in terms of how many vehicles are there. You know, you're there with the lions and 20 vehicles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we would have, okay, here's the leopard, and everybody's calling everybody else, and so that means there are two more vehicles. 
So, and again, we were there in the off, you know, lower season. Imagine peak season. Yeah, you'd see more in the peak, but not as many. Uh, there just really aren't. We were in like the um, Moremi Game Reserve, and there's, I think there's like said like six campsites. I mean, it, it's really just not that. There's just not that many places uh, that you can go. There's some people who are day tripping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're flying into Maun and then they're day tripping in and out, uh, which, it would you know if you if that's what you could afford that would be cool. But it's not the not the same experience. You're not going to be there as the sun is going down and the lion is and walking, really experiencing you, the it. lion is walking past your your campsite uh, roaring and so that's like I just got I went to Egypt uh, a few months ago. Yeah, I love Egypt. Oh, it was unbelievable. See, my fiance is mad at me because we went to Greece together. <laughs> and I had two weeks off from work. She only had one, so I had to send her home from Greece, and I went to Egypt alone. Oh no! But it was wild because you like I I tried to do the whole experience, you know, yeah. sunset, sunrise, all that, and then there was buses that would literally drive up. You take a picture, and they drive right out. It was like a five minute thing. I'm like, oh, that was weird. People just came in really for a few hours. Well, There's, but <laughs> yeah, it it depends a lot on where you're from too. What kind of vacation time? How long you came? Mm-hmm. What your nationality is? Oh, I. Oh, uh, yes. When I was in uh, Petra, uh, I was there as a guest of the Jordanian Tourism Board for about ten days with a guide and a driver. So you know you get to know each other pretty well. And we're in Petra, and I and he was telling me, you know, I love to have Americans here because he said when he has Chinese groups, it's about a kilometer walk through a fabulous, maybe two kilometers even walk through a slot canyon to get to that one, you know, classic shot of the treasury. Mm-hmm. And he said with a Chinese group, he can get about half of them all the way there. The other half will quit halfway through. Can't even get them to the one shot. The other, sh- the other half will get to the, that. They'll take the one shot and then they'll go. Wow. Why and is that? It's just there, you know, that's the one they've seen. And w- it was really surprising wow. when you're in Petra, it's huge. And you don't realize how many other shots there are because that's not, you've only seen the one. You, that's the one thing you <laughs> always the see. one thing you've seen. And so, you know, he said you can get the Malaysian groups to go around the corner and see the, the old Roman, you know, part here. And, you know, it, it, but he can get the Americans all the way over to that Roman section over <laughs> there. And, you know, it, he, and he said the Indian groups, he said, oh, we've got old stuff at home. We don't need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> what other perks do you get from the podcast travel-wise? Like, what other cool things have you got to do? Well, the the weirdest things. Uh, it was So, weirdest things have happened total with amateur travelers. Some of them are perks and some of them are not. Yeah. Uh, top four weirdest things. Okay. Uh, one is that uh, they use it to test for English comprehension in the Thailand Foreign Ministry. So, if you were to try and get a job at the Thailand Foreign Ministry, you'd be required to listen to two episodes of The Amateur Traveler and graded on your English understanding based on really that's really interesting it's bizarre (laughs) so it's also used to teach english or to test english comprehension in the canadian german school system at oxford university so that's weird right um but that's mind-blowing that (laughs) really i think got invited to the obama white house wait wait wait. okay wait (laughs) i think it's because your voice is like so soothing you speak so articulate and you're you know you're a slow talk you explain everything is that why like you no idea no idea wow. why. So, and the, the odd thing is, neither of the episodes that they're using. So, a number of the other places obviously heard from each other because they're all using the same episode, no. <laughs> right? They're they're using one particular episode. I think it's an episode about volunteer travel. So, so okay. clearly, so like there must be a, a group of people, and they well, what are you <laughs> using? Well, we're using this. Well, I'll go ask him permission. Fine, whatever. <laughs> um, but these guys came and they said we want to use these two episodes, and the two episodes are narrowboating in England and Wales. 
okay. and Yorkshire in England. So I had to write the, I wrote the tourism board of Yorkshire and said, if you see a lot more Thai people, <laughs> <Here's why. laughs> this might be why. I don't know why. And the, the only thing I can guess is the Yorkshire one had a, had an English accent, a Yorkshire accent. Okay. A local there. And the narrowboating had an American guest. So they, they both would be different accents. Because on my show, the, the guest is going to do a lot of talking, yeah. de- depending on whether I've been there or not, or depending on, you know, some guests need a lot more prodding than other guests do. I always love when you have to push them a little <laughs> bit, and, and then, but towards the end, you feel them get more comfortable. You do. Well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. not, I'm not doing my job. You know, let's let's be honest. So, um, so yeah, the, uh, got inv- invited to the Obama White House. How'd that happen? Uh, so, late in Obama's second term... Uh, I want to say 2014, so probably midway through, actually, I guess. Um, they did a travel blogger summit, and they invited 100 travel bloggers, uh, at least one travel podcaster, obviously. <laughs> uh, I'm both, but uh, to come to the White House because they wanted to promote study abroad. And so okay. they brought a group of people on who had an audience who would be receptive to you know, study abroad. And so it, basically I didn't meet him. By the way, uh, I, I did meet uh, the well. We had on after that the head of the Peace Corps, uh, for instance. Who's oh, that's a, a good guest. Uh, yeah, she was. She was great. She's a f- four generations of her family have been in the Peace Corps too. So she, you know, a, a real passion for the organization. Um, but they had the mostly people from the National Security Council were the ones who arranged it, which is which is very interesting. But uh, uh, so that was an interesting experience, uh, and then. I, I was I was paparazzi for the Pope for a day. <laughs> Wait, let me hear this one. This so, is this is fascinating, by the way. This is unbelievable. Yeah. So so I said I was in Jordan mm-hmm. as a as a guest of the Jordanian Tourism Board for for ten days, uh, which is you know pretty phenomenal in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan is a beautiful beautiful country, and you, you ought to go. Uh, let's just start with that. Okay. <laughs> um, safe. Uh, a lot of people. You know, it's in an, it's in a neighborhood that's. You know, it's a little scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was there during the later parts of when Iraq were, you know, going a little sideways and, and Syria was starting to heat up at that time. But, you know, Jordan has been stable and a uh, beautiful country. Too many people just see Petra, which is amazing, yeah. and don't see Amman and don't see Jeresh, which is this huge uh, Roman ruins north of Amman that was part of the Decapolis the f- the ten cities that are mentioned, for instance, in in the Bible, yeah. you'll find references to the Decapolis, and these are, you know, these are cities over here in Jordan. Um, and then, you know, we visited the baptism site of Jesus, which is actually predominantly in the Jordanian site. It's on the the Jordan River, but the Jordan River moves, and so you can go to that site from the Israel side, but you're not really at the right mm-hmm. the right side. And then, while I was going to be there, they realized the Pope was going to be in town, and they said, "Well, we'd love to have you go to the." Amman Stadium, wow. when the Pope is going to be talking, would you be willing to do that? And when somebody is, you know, flying you over and putting you up for ten days and and you know, taking you on all these wonderful adventures, you say yes. <laughs> That's this, <laughs> this is really only it's really only one right answer to that, to that question, right? And then they said, no, 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 change of plans. Uh, that's that's not going to happen. We're going to get you press pass, and you're going to go and be a photojournalist with the other fourteen or so photojournalists when the Pope and the royal family of Jordan visit the baptism site of Jesus. Wow. So I've been, you know, five, ten feet from the Pope. <laughs> Did you get a picture with him? I, with him, no. Okay. Because I was there as, as a okay. photographer. You're uh, a better I, man than me, really. I got a picture of him. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, and I felt very inadequate with my SLR compared to what yeah. everybody else was shooting during that day with the professionals. 
<laughs> and it was fun to do it for a day mm-hmm. and to really appreciate what the people who really do it go through because you know we're on the we're back on the bus and most of them are on their laptops editing their photos because they're they're going to be shooting again tomorrow oh. you know a whole whole day That's stressful, you're standing out in the hot sun people forget to tell you there's food and water <laughs> it's like oh did no one tell you that and people tell them to move out of the way they're with the big cameras must well be- they they put us so there was just the just the press corps okay, okay. at this particular thing and then we went to an event right afterwards which was a mass the pope was doing with refugees uh, because Jordan has taken in a lot of refugees over the years, both from Syria and Iraq and before that Palestinians. And so they were doing this mass with the with the Pope, probably with Palestinians mostly because mm-hmm. they would be more likely to be uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that, you know, that was interesting. That was a whole crowd of people and you're trying to get whatever whatever shot you can. But, you know, these guys who are real real photographers you know one's getting up at 3 5 30 in the morning to to race the pope to his next spot because he's following him everywhere one it's real madrid is in the finals that night okay and the guy who you know i think he was from spain but it's his team of course and he's hoping he'll catch the last third of it because by then he'll be done with his work see as a sports fan that makes me sad yeah yeah it's like that's how hard they're working right oh my god (laughs) You said you did a Bible podcast. Does uh, yeah. any traveling involve stuff from the Bible that you want to see? Like, I want to go to Jerusalem. I want to go here. Well, I have, have been to Jerusalem. Amazing, uh, isn't it? Uh, it, is, it is amazing. Amazing. Uh, I have been to Jerusalem, obviously been to Israel then as part of that. Uh, just for the first time last year or the year before? Uh, still, uh, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there w- so one of the travel blogger conferences that I go to uh, a lot, the mm-hmm. TBEX conference, T-E-B-E-X Travel Blog Exchange uh, happened to be in Jerusalem, and uh, I, I work with them fairly closely. So you know, when somebody offers to fly you to some place, you're going anywhere. You say yes. <laughs> so that's awesome. But yeah, are you loving what you do? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Loving it. I, I'd like to make more of a living from it, but uh, well, so amateur traveler. Yes. Chose the name from the Latin root of amateur, which is to do something for the love of it. So, you know, people keep saying, well, aren't you a professional by now? It's sort of like, well, I'd like to get paid for it, yes. But when I stop being an amateur in the sense of I stop loving it, I'll stop doing it. Right. So I, I don't hope to ever outgrow that meaning of amateur. So, and I'm, you know, I'm old enough that I remember when the Olympic athletes were amateur of athletes and the best in the world. Yes, so. of course. And then once they go the once they go professional, they're actually not as happy. That's what it is, truthfully. Well, we'll you, see. You yeah. see college athletes, they're happy. You get paid, <laughs> you start getting paid. But with three point with over three million downloads, that's a heavy podcast. It's one of the top five percent of podcasts. By that's downloads. incredible. Yeah. So now I know well, you. Well, one of the tricks right now in podcasting is that as a rule, podcast advertising is is baked in, mm-hmm. and that means the people are willing to to buy. You know how many downloads you'll get in the first month or so, is how they determine the rate. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is that the way people use the show, I've got a set of people who listen. You know every week when it comes out. But then I've got a set of people who basically say, well, what, my, my favorite is the lady who wrote and said, um, we're going to Europe, but we don't know where. So we downloaded 50 episodes of your podcast to decide. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> that is, so if you estimate that a podcast is seven to 10,000 words, because mm-hmm. I used to transcribe them. So I know that that's, you know, the, the average length that we do, 30, you know, 40, 45 minutes to an hour, something like 7,000 words, let's say. Um, 50 episodes, 350,000 words. That's four and a half Harry Potter books. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for comparison purposes here. 
But of course, with podcasts, you can consume that, right? Because yes. you're doing it on your commute. You're doing it while you do the dishes. You're doing you're it cooking. You're, mine's you're cooking, exactly. And it's so intimate. That's why I love podcasting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love listening to it. And it's a weird thing for me personally. I listen to podcasts. I produce Opie's podcast, which is yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. biggest podcasts in the country. And it's weird, though. I listen to podcasts. And podcasts is a very hard word to say. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> how about, like, I always have, you know, my earbuds in yeah, or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah. When you don't have it in, it sounds weird because it's not supposed to be heard by everyone. That's how I feel. So the funny thing with that, the 2009, uh, so I started the show in 2005. 2009 was the first time I ever did an in-person meetup for Amateur Traveler. I was going to be in Chicago. And I, you know, put out the word and said, well, is anybody interested in getting together? About six people came. Uh, which is, you know, it's pretty cool. You, yeah, well, six people want to meet me. Oh, that, that's that's pretty great. They traveled two to three hours, so that was the first surprise. It's like, huh, really? But it's just me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you you felt like it, you felt like apologizing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I, I hate to disappoint you, but it's just me. So that was, you know, that was cool, very cool. But then we would go to we were talking, you know, we we're just meeting at uh, Pizzeria Duno, Duo, the, okay. the uh, s- spinoff from Pizzeria. Yes, yes. And um, I would go to tell a joke because I've been known to do that. <laughs> and they would laugh, but they would laugh too soon because they knew my jokes because oh. they were friends of mine. I just wasn't friends of theirs yet. I, I like that <laughs> whole like setting of it. That's true. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, there were friends I didn't know yet. Right, but there, but with podcasting, there is this. I've met other podcasters that I listen to their show. I think of uh, uh, the Indie Travel Podcast, uh, Craig and Linda Martin. And the first time I met them, they had been on my show. I had been on their show. We'd listened to each other's shows for years, and it was one of those. We haven't met, right? <laughs> Are you sure we haven't met? No, I, I'm pretty sure. I can't think of any time we would have met. Because uh, they're Kiwis, and, you know, they, we and we just happen to be in London at the same oh. time. You know, our travels happen to overlap. Uh, I don't know how many years ago now, but uh, it's one of those strange things where we literally couldn't convince ourselves that we had never met because there is this intimate relationship with with podcasting where you do feel, depending on the format of the show, obviously. Of course. I, my show less so than a show that's going to be more of a monologue, more about what's going on in your life. I, I'm thinking I don't talk about my life that much. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to a lot of shows, right? But, you know, they were feeling like they knew me. I, I did one here one time, you know, just had two people show up. One one guy said, oh, yeah, I'd love to, because it's a last-minute thing. You know, I'm going to be in the city. Anybody want to get together? Yeah, love to have coffee with you. And, you know, I'm I'm here, and his, his girlfriend shows up. And she doesn't know that she's at a, you know, quote-unquote meetup. That he doesn't realize what's going on here. And she's the one who started listening to the show first. And so it becomes obvious after a while she doesn't know who I am <laughs> in, the, in this discussion. And, um, and I'm thinking he told her where they were going, but he hadn't. It was a surprise. And so at some point I said who I was, and there was this gasp, <laughs> this, oh, my God, you know, and, and this excitement that, um, you know, it doesn't happen that often. I don't run into listeners randomly that often. I did at the... Uh, on that last amateur traveler trip, we went to Prague, Br- Krakow, and Budapest, and we went to a wine festival in Budapest and ran into somebody who had just downloaded the Budapest oh, show. Oh, It just moved to Budapest, and you know, and again, he's he struck up a conversation with you know one of the guys on the trip, and 
and they say, yeah, what brings you here? Well, I'm here with a trip. You know, we listen to a podcast called Amateur Traveler. And the guy, you know, again, there was that, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because, like, <clears throat> I'll bring it back to Opie again. I've listened to him for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. So now that I'm working with him, he'll be like, oh, my wife. I'm like, yeah. And, like, I'll say his wife's name and he looks over. Or he'll say, like, he'll be telling a story just to me in general about something on the show 15 years ago. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. He's like, Wait, what? Like, I know all of his stories. I knew yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where he grew up. And he's like, bro, you're freaking me out. Because, you know, you don't realize sometimes how much you have told. Fortunately, my wife does not listen to the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> her, her um, comfort level with sharing things online is less than mine, let's just say. Okay. Do you travel with her a lot? About half the time. <clears throat> she gets about six weeks <clears throat> off a year. So she basically picks the trip she wants, uh, at, least, at least the ones that she's able to come on. Now, I, I know you mentioned a couple of times you go for a travel tour or you send up stuff. Ever go by yourself, just completely by yourself? Somewhere? Oh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. You like that solo travel, don't you? I do. I like both. <laughs> um, I, I travel. So even when we're doing family travel, sometimes we've got, you know, one of the reasons I started doing uh, trips with the listeners is we would go on tours, you know, with, okay, it's uh, my wife and I and well, and the kids are coming and you know now the daughter's got a boyfriend now a husband and then we got three other friends are coming you know we've eight people just on a family trip um, and so it wasn't that big a deal to start traveling with the strangers who listen to the show but yeah there are some times that I like especially a road trip um, we were going down to see some friends in Phoenix and I was flying down southwest and I realized at the last minute I have time I'm, you know, I'm not doing any contracts right now I can make this a road trip. I've never been to, you know, Joshua Tree National Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should make this a road trip. And, uh, you know, the only problem with that is, you know, you took two days drive, drive down to Arizona, and then you don't feel like doing a road trip on the <laughs> way home. But, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know it's good fun. Travel-wise, I think I read an article about you, or you might have said it once. That you know, Not that you've only been to 60 or 70 countries, right? Uh, yes. No. There's, a, there's a list on the show, on, on, uh, on, the, on website. the website. I think it's 62 now. No desire to start crossing them off or like going to certain places, or it doesn't really. Well, I mean, I, they're definitely. So my goal, for instance, this year is three more countries, just randomly. That was my goal last year because mm-hmm. uh, so I do like expanding out. But on the other hand, for instance, my wife and I are talking about a trip to France. I've been to France, right? But I haven't been to Burgundy. I haven't been to Normandy, and so sometimes, you know, when you just focus on crossing off the number of countries, mm-hmm. you're losing something in the depth of travel. In fact, some of the country counters, uh, you know, Gary aside, Gary's, Gary's a, a good guest on the show because he always knows more about where he's gone. Mm-hmm. But some of the other people I've had on who are country counters on the show well, haven't been good guests because they don't know enough about the countries because they don't spend the time there. As I said, the, that guest who lived in, you know, Tokyo for two years or who, you know, was, was in this country for three months or something like that is a better guess than, than that person who's been there a week or whatever. Or went there for two days just to yeah, cross and, it and off. And I think that's partially because they haven't, if you focus on that, you can you can just really do a more surface level travel. And so, yeah, I don't plan to ever get to every country. Um, you know, if if I got to 100 countries, would I, would I think about it more? Probably. Um, Give me some places that are on your list that you like, you need to get there. Peru. Okay. Machu uh, Picchu? Machu, or just Machu Picchu yes. for sure. Okay. Uh, but, you know, other places in, in Peru as well. But, yeah, definitely Machu Picchu, the Galapagos. Uh, uh-huh. I'm negotiating with a sponsor about potential trip for next year. For okay. Wow. Okay. To the Galapagos. Um, 
So that, you know, is in process. Uh, more of Africa. Uh, love to get to Namibia. Mm. Uh, love to get to Victoria Falls. Yes. <laughs> so again, oh, you've never been there either? No, I haven't been oh, there that's, yet. That's good. That's so. special because a lot of the tour groups I see, they've been there so many times, it's like they become desensitized to it. Like, all right, that's that. There's that. There's <laughs> that. That's awesome that you'll be experiencing it with the listeners. Right. Well, and even, so I was technically in South Africa this what is it? Uh, November and December, but really, I just spent like one night coming and going in in Joburg, and so I really haven't seen South Africa at all yet. So, you know, technically, I won't get to count that as a new country, but I'm looking forward to getting to Kruger and you know trying to see do, will we have time to go down to Cape Town or something like that. So, so partially, it's also seeing more of you know some of the places that I've been to. So, you know, I'd love to see more of Poland, for instance. Mm-hmm. I, my German part of my family came from Poznan in what is now Poland, and I'd love to get there sometime. I got relatively close, you know, when I was in Krakow, but uh, still a couple hours away. Now, we keep talking about your podcast, obviously, but your yeah. website is, that's an, a great website. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm going to tell you two things before the website. I'll tell you what I love. When I download your podcast on my iPhone, and I'll be, lo- you know, just looking at it, and the picture change. It's like enhanced, so you'll it be is, talking. It is enhanced podcast. I'm glad you appreciate it, it takes time. Oh, that, <laughs> that is awesome. Like, <clears throat> and at first, you know, maybe like four, four or five years ago, I came across your podcast. Yeah. And uh, ironically, I was going to Europe. Okay. And I was. Did, did you like, download 50 episodes? I was did. that you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was the person who did it. But I think we're going to just say Amsterdam, Prague, a bunch yeah, of yeah, places. Yeah, sure. And I went on podcast. I didn't know who you were, and I typed you in. You went like into a, iTunes and yes, searched for travel. I think I said like travel Amsterdam or travel Prague. Mm-hmm. And a it lot says of people discover the show that way. Travel yeah. to Prague. I'm like, oh, I downloaded it. And then obviously all your episodes. I'm like, now I start scrolling. I'm like, son of a bitch. There's so <laughs> many podcasts. On. <laughs> and that's what happens. And yeah, like I just listened to one that you had. Well, from, and and for podcasters, yeah. if there's anybody listening who is a podcast, the that is something that you should learn. I'm going to be talking about podcasting tomorrow at mm-hmm. the Society of American Travel Writers Editors Council. And one of the things to know is that people use iTunes um, and the directory from iTunes, which is used by a lot of different podcast apps, as a search engine, uh-huh. just like you did. That is not an uncommon behavior. And I hear a lot of feedback of, well, I found you because I was looking for a podcast on Budapest or whatever. But yeah. And it was true. Like I typed in yeah. like Bhutan, and I'm like, and I get mad sometimes at you because uh, if I'm going to so-and-so, I'll put travel to. It's not there. And then I start scrolling. I'm like, come on, Chris. I need you to step your game up a little <laughs> bit over here. But tell me about but what, what, what place have you gone to that we didn't have a podcast? I'm try- there was one recently. I was, it wasn't Chad. No, it we, wasn't filled Chad. It, we filled in that hole. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I saw Chad. I love, when, when do you release it? Do you, Monday? Saturday mornings at oh. 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. I, I, I love when, do you have a lot in the bank, by the way? Like a lot? There are four shows that you have not heard yet. Um that are in the can, two of which, one of which is scheduled, and then three that need need to be completed. So Saturday I will be on a plane, but there will there will still be a show that it will be coming out. Yeah, I'm trying to think where on, where I was. On something, but I don't <laughs> I have no idea where it is. I, I really, oh, Guangzhou, I think, is, I, the, is going to be is. the next show. Where's Guangzhou, that? China. Oh, really? Yeah. You have a bunch of Asian shows. You have a, a bunch oh, yeah. of China shows. What's, oh, yeah. what's it with China? It's just because it's so vast and so different? It is so vast and so different. Yeah, exactly. Which one? Um, I, I and we have a lot of French shows, too. And, and Italy is way overrepresented by, you know, by geographic size. But uh, but it is, you know, both of those are very popular travel destinations. 
Um, and, you know, you don't want to just do Rome and just do Paris. You want to give some people some options of why why maybe they should get see a little more. A favorite one I just listened to was the Bhutan one. Okay. That uh, I forgot what the lady who... The most recent one? Yes. The lady was oh, on. She was great. Yeah. So that is uh, Beth Whitman from Wanderlust and Lipstick, who I've known for a long time. And um, Beth does uh, does tours now. She's you know started as a travel writer, um, now now a podcaster also, but uh, started as a travel writer and now basically makes her living doing tours predominantly for women. And so yeah, she has taken numerous groups to Bhutan. So I thought she would be a good guest in the show. Ever tired of just talking about travel? Because that always I feel sometimes I feel bad sometimes for so my well, guests. So I don't just talk about travel, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> so even so, even the th- you know three travel shows, right? One is Amateur Traveler, which talks about travel to travelers. Uh, this week in travel, which we mentioned, also talks about travel and travel news. Again, sort of a traveler audience, but also travel writer audience because we talk about that as well. The third travel show, though, is really the business of travel. It's the Passport Travel Marketing NPR podcast. Mm -hmm. And so that one, we're not talking about travel. We're talking about Pinterest and working with influencers and marketing campaigns and those sort of things. So, yeah, I have other interests. Have you talked about (laughs) Yeah, it seems that way. uh, Over-tourism, is that a problem with... Are you guys talking about over-tourism in any of that stuff? That we talked about on the Passport Travel Marketing PR podcast. We talked about that with, uh, with Czech Tourism. Because in Czech tourism, most of the tourism goes to Prague, mm-hmm. and and Prague is over touristed. Um, if you you know go to Central Square in Prague, or you go to the the I want to call it the Chain Bridge. It's the other one, the Ch- Charles Charles, Charles Bridge, Bridge, in, Charles Bridge in Prague. The Chain Bridge is in, in Budapest. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, if you go to that and you're not there at six thirty in the morning, it'll be just you know really crowded with people, and ninety percent of the tourists don't go anywhere else in Prague. Uh, in Prague in, in uh, Czech Republic. And so one of the things that the tourism board is really working on is not to get more visitors to Prague, right? They're really working on, and not even to get to uh, Český Krumlov, for instance, which gets the second amount. It is a beautiful, beautiful city. But to get people to spend the night in Český Krumlov or to go down to, or, you know, go over to Ostrava, which is uh, an old uh, mining and uh, industrial area, kind of their Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, and it also with a huge high-tech emphasis now and and so in some ways there's a really good parallel uh ostrava and pittsburgh it's trying to do what pittsburgh did Mm -hmm. uh in terms of moving more into education and less into mines and things like that but you could you could tour one of the old mines you can't go down into the you know they close the mine itself but you could tour the old uh the old above ground things and see how it all worked and things like that so that you know trying to get tourists to more of those areas or down into the into their version of the Alps and go hiking and things like that. And so, yeah, t- over-touristum is a very real issue, not going to get any better because there are, you know, the middle class in China that's traveling now, the middle class in India that's traveling. Mm-hmm. Mo- they predict many, many more travelers in the world. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we talk about all so many different destinations is not only is Paris not the only place to go, <laughs> or, or New York City. <laughs> Uh, but you will also potentially have a better experience if you don't go to some of these places and go to someplace else instead, um, or go at different times and things like that. So yeah, over tourist uh, tourism is a is a real thing. Instagram hurts it. I don't have Instagram, but Instagram hurts it. You get a like you said, influencer or a celebrity that goes to 
a random country sure. and puts the picture up. But, but that's been true with Bond <laughs> movies or Oprah episodes or things. Well, how about like, um, yeah. my, my favorite travel book is... See, the advantage with Instagram is the Instagrammers are also weeding themselves out you know, by winning the Darwinism Awards by backing up over the over the cliffs and things like did that. You, did you, uh, a female just died today uh, in Taiwan. Did you read that? Uh, she was like the bikini girl. Yeah, the bikini girl yeah. who died of exposure... Um, she froze to death. She was somebody who hiked the mountains in Taiwan yes. in a bikini. Now, we don't know for sure that if she didn't wear a bikini on this particular trip, because she fell apparently, she okay. took a bad fall. So, but but her odds of living would have greatly increased if she had been doing it inappropriate clothing attire. And the reason she was doing it in a bikini was for Instagram. Yeah. Well, there was the there was a couple of travel bloggers. Who I don't know, but I know people who knew them who uh, who went off a cliff in uh, in Yosemite. Yeah, was that the girl with the purple hair? I believe I think she, I saw a picture of her. I, think I don't know. They were from Korea. I want to um, say over tourism. I'll tell you, my favorite travel yeah. book is The Beach by oh, Alex Garland. Really? Wow, okay. I loved. I read that book so many <laughs> years ago. And that I've seen the movie. I haven't seen that. Oh, really? The I book? Read the book. Yeah. When I read the book. I'm like, I have to travel to this Thailand place. Oh, yeah. And when I went there, it was like, hey, I have to go to PTI. I have to go to Maya Bay. And yep. it was like, and then they closed. Yeah, but but we've, oh, yeah, we've always had that. I said, you know, yeah. really since, well, always. Um, well, you know, possibly Thucydides, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, how big his following was. You know, but the whole Seven Wonders of the Ancient World mm -hmm. was basically a way of telling the ancient world what are the seven places you should travel to. Wow, I never... So right, true. and now we have that. Say, we we still do listicles. He basically started this. You know, <laughs> he, he started this a long time ago. But we're still like, doing listicles, and we. But we've you know, it always has been books and and movies and things like that. Instagram is just a new way of getting some of that information. But yeah, your theme song. Yeah, the, who sings it? Uh, that is uh, Jeff Smith. Oh, so it's not a, like is it a real song? Well, it is a real th song whose name is Amateur Traveler Theme Song. It was commissioned for oh. The Amateur Traveler by Jeff Smith, uh, who is out of Nashville, who has been a guest on the show talking about Nashville years ago. I love it. I wrote down, I got my bed. I wrote the second verse, but he wrote everything else. <laughs> what, 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 did you write the part? Uh, he wrote good? all the music. Oh, in your passport, photo, photo. The photo, oh, no, no. He wrote that part. Oh, that's he the best part. part. He wrote that part. I, I, sound, I find myself singing that sometimes. <laughs> I get love-hate reactions to the theme song. I get people who just like say it's an earworm, and they love when it comes on. They now know they're mm -hmm. going to be going someplace, and other other people have complained. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a terrible theme song. <laughs> and other people, can I get a copy of it? Yeah. So, <laughs> I actually looked it up today. I googled like the lyrics, yeah. but I didn't I didn't find it. So he, that's just yours. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that was so way back when I so Adam uh, Carolla mm -hmm. was the first podcaster. And then he did a podcast network. He may still have a podcast network focusing on uh, video. I don't know if it's still around. Okay. But when I was in his network back in the the aughts, <laughs> so before two, before 2010 or whatever, they they commissioned that theme song from uh, from Jeff, who's written actually theme songs for a few podcasts. Uh, I don't know if, how many of them are around anymore necessarily, but you know back back in the day, he <laughs> he wrote more than one podcast theme song. I cut you off. I just want to talk about your website again. Okay, because it, it was great. I went on to say there's pictures, there's travel deals, there's sure, yeah. It's like an ultimate good travel site. Well, thank you. And <laughs> I like it's supposed to be. <laughs> I like what would you write like uh, if you're thinking about going there, we probably have been there. And then you'll <laughs> click on all the different um, right like uh, destinations and countries and yeah. stuff, and you have travel deals on there and stuff. You have a lot of stuff going on. I yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. You do the website too. You take care. of Oh it. yeah. Oh yeah. 
but, but I'm websites are what I do, mm-hmm. right? So the, the, for you, that's so cake. I, that's yeah, the easy that's part the easy of it. Part, right. So I've been doing websites. Uh, well, when I started with the web, it was entirely steam driven. So let's just put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> Hey, you mentioned uh, traveling to different places. Are you a sightseer? Do you travel for the food? You didn't tell me that yet. I am a sightseer. Given those two options, I'm more of a sightseer. Especially, well, it depends. So if I'm traveling by myself, uh, you know, when I'm in some place like New York, I'm grabbing something quick and, and seeing the sights. Uh, you know, my my dinner was a, a hot dog from Grace Papaya okay. and, a, and a taco, uh, the Arabayata. Uh, pork taco from Taco Number One over there mm-hmm. on Forty Third or whatever, you know, w- both of which took what all of a minute or something like that. That's classic New York food, though. That's well, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm doing my own New York food <laughs> tour. I, d- I did one actually up in the Bronx that I'll be writing about on the uh, Wait, on the blog. Arthur Avenue. Where'd you go up there? Arthur Avenue, of the Bronx. course. Yeah, with uh, did that tour with Urban Adventures. That okay. one, you can that tour you can buy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, then I'm doing my own food tour here in here in Midtown while I was while I was waiting for you to show up. So. Uh, you know, went and got a hamantash from another bakery because you know those are hard to find in a lot of places. So, <laughs> how many times have you been to New York? Uh, more than once. Oh, so you done? You did all the sightseeing? I have done a lot of the sightseeing in New York. I haven't been to the Tenement Museum. That is one of the things on my oh, list. Oh, Lower East Side. In Lower East Side, you can yeah. go there and go right next door to Cats and have some pastrami sandwich. I in Cats, I haven't been to. So there's still a lot of places. Oh, in New York, that should be a one-two punch. Yeah, there's still a lot of places I haven't been to. This trip, though, the, you know, it was the let's let's go up to Arthur Avenue because I'd never been to. You know, I'd driven through the Bronx a lot when I was in college in upstate New York and married a gal from Long Island, but. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I've gotten back to New York. Arthur Avenue is weird, right? Because you're driving through like a very predominantly Spanish part of the Bronx, and you make a right-hand turn, and it's just old-school Little Italy. That's yep, the original yep. Little Italy. Oh, yeah. You loved it up there? Oh, yeah. What'd you uh, eat? Oh, everything. Uh, <laughs> so lots of cheese. You know, we, we tried the mozzarella here. We tried the, you know, the Parmesan there. We tried the olive bread from two different bakeries. We we. Had sl- uh, we had a slice for you know for lunch. I like your food guy. I like that. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a, a big foodie necessarily, but you know, I, you t- one look at me, you can tell I like food. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that's fairly obvious that you know that this is a this is not a physique that it, that you get by climbing mountains, <laughs> right? This is a if this is a physique you get by eating a hamantash and, and a slice of pizza. A so. couple more things. A lot of people now want to get into podcasting and they want to get into travel blogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have advice for them because a lot of people, you know, you know what I hate reading. My my advice is yeah. that uh, charter accountant is really a very good <laughs> career. No, you're right. Uh, so in terms of if you love podcasting, you should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best reason to do it. There's a lot of people who, you know, myself included, you know, wanted to want to make some money off podcasting. Uh, the first podcast meetup uh, was in, as I say, September of 2005. There was a meetup at that conference for the people who wanted to make money from podcasting. I was one of the two people who showed up for that meetup. <laughs> Still working on it, right, <laughs> 13 and a half years later. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't get into it for that reason. I wouldn't get into it to get rich. Uh, I wouldn't get into travel blogging thinking that it's a, you know, an easy thing to stand out okay. and to get trip offers and things like that. First five years, I did it nothing, right? They, of course, in those years, they weren't offering anybody yeah. who was a blogger or anything uh, to come any place. So uh, it takes some stamina, Uh I'm always glad to help people get into, you know, podcasting and blogging. And then, you know, honestly, my my uh, my long term plan is to crush them with content. So <laughs> so I really have no problems considering them, you know, uh, 
in in terms of being competition or whatever because uh, it's it's hard. It yeah. really is hard. And some people do it a lot better than me. That's the other thing too in terms of as a business mm-hmm. especially. Uh, I you know I can point to some people who are who are really done very well with it. Uh, and it and it takes. Part of the thing is when I talk, so I'm going to be pitching myself to PR people here, you know, coming up on especially Thursday and Friday here mm-hmm. at the uh, the International uh, Mar- Media Marketplace. It, that's basically all day of pitching yourself to people uh, at organized events, and then the next day at the travel show. Okay, you know, basically doing that. And when you're talking to PR people, they look at bloggers and they think, you know, or or podcasters, if, if they know what that is, and they equate that with travel writers because that's what they know. Mm-hmm which is not really the way to think about it. You're really a producer. You're really a publisher. And that's the thing that people don't realize is like, like I like to write. I like to write, write up a travel. Yes, but it's the publisher part of that that was going to make you successful or not. The people who are really good at it, like make a living at it or whatever, their writing may or may not be better than mine or better than you know the next guys mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I guarantee you they're good at the business part of it. At the deal part, at the pitching part, at the thinking of you know ways to make a living part of it, that's the people who are really making it making it work. Uh, while you know a lot of travel publishers are not making that part work right now, right? So, but you know some of these some of these bloggers are much more successful now than many travel, you know many travel publications. I got very lucky with my podcast, basically lying my way through and telling Jack Dempsey that I have a big <laughs> podcast, so they gave me a private floor, and then telling Opie, so I got. I know I'm the luckiest person alive. I think the lucky, biggest lucky breaks help in any yes. field, but they don't hurt in this sort of things. Yeah, a, a, the big misconception that I see a lot is that people think it, not that it's easy. Like, dude, me and my friends are hilarious. We're gonna do a podcast. That's what, and I always sure. tell everybody, yeah. I will give you all my equipment. Do whatever you want. People don't realize you take you have to get everyone together, or if you have that it, that part is harder than you think. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's hard to get a guest. And, and, tr- now, and try and do that with four people who travel. Yeah. We, our record for this week in travel is four people, four continents. Yeah, when I heard <laughs> you and Gary, I'm like, you guys are always out there, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they don't realize, hey, I'll do a show today, one a week. Now that's fifty two. That's a lot of. That, episodes. That's why this week in travel is a is a tri weekly show. Yeah, it has to be for it, you. We try and come out weekly. I but. think that's <laughs> the biggest misconception people have yeah. about podcasting because like. It, after this, you have to still edit it. Well, yeah, and with the with the travel part too. So the the two things that happen with travel that's a little different from from the other areas is that there are a lot of people who do this because they want to get on the road and they want to stay on the road. Which uh, you know, I recommended people. You know, hey, you say you want to stay on the road. Have you thought about travel blogging? Who have who have done it? Who like Sherryot? I think of who's been on the show before. Um, you know, she makes a living now from from travel blogging. Again, one of those people I think who I would point to her. Her work, her writing, her her photography, but also her ability to hustle and, and get the deals and things like that. But then it's then you have to decide how you know staying on the road and trying to produce content at the same time is hard. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people who do that. I've seen I've had a home home the whole time. I've had a mortgage the whole time. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this, so very unusual in this space. Uh, but I watch many many friends now who are no longer on the road full time because trying to trying to produce content and move, you know, is difficult. So that's one of the wrinkles of the travel part of it mm-hmm. is that the more you travel, the harder it is to produce the content about the travel. Uh, so that's one thing that's a little a little different in that niche from most other niches that I can think of in the space. I always access to everyone on my show as we wrap this up. I've taken your time and I can't thank you. It's funny, I have um not saying that you're not a celebrity. 
but I've had like celebrities. I would say I'm not a celebrity. And <laughs> athletes on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool that someone so is coming. <laughs> I'm a diehard sports fan. You can ask Julia. I was so pumped up you were coming on today. <laughs> and then it's funny. I emailed you earlier. I'm like, I didn't hear from him. I'm like, I hope he doesn't stand me up because like, never. Like never. I said, the the intimacy of a podcast. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? Who is the cool? My wife. No, no. The I, coolest I, person in my phone. Okay, besides <laughs> your wife, who's the coolest person? That was, it was the only one right answer to that <laughs> question. I've been married long enough to know <laughs> the answer to that question. So uh, who's the coolest person in my phone? Uh, that would impress people. You and I are at a bar and... I don't know that there's anybody. Well, Samantha Brown. Oh, that's uh, a good answer. I met yeah. her husband uh, at my... Uh, you might know him. Yeah, know I know him? Kevin. Uh, I know Kevin better than I know Samantha. Um, and I, in I fact, met, we're, we're going to. A, she's doing a party on Wednesday night that I that I'm going to. So I'll I'll see them then. I've only met her in person once, but she's been on this week in travel, and we're trying to get her back on now. Um, yeah, that's I, a really good answer. Oh, okay, good. You know, I, I always <laughs> say, ah, that's a crap." But I, but I know I know Kevin better. I know her husband better. And actually, I met him the first time at the New York Times Travel Show years ago, and it was because there was a long line waiting for people to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to this guy standing next, you know, nearby, who who happened to be her husband, and he's a tech guy. Yeah, and oh, so, so you're you know, in heaven. Well, yeah. So we we had we hit it off a little bit then, but then you know hadn't seen him again. But as as she left Travel Channel, he started coming to some of these travel conferences, and so I've hung out with him, and you know we've talked about the travel blogging space and things quite a lot. And because we have this similar background of coming out of running large websites, he's more of an ops guy, and I'm more of a dev guy. But I've been a you know, VP of engineering uh, and operations. So I've, you know, some overlap with what he's done, but he's run big data centers and things like that in his day job. I think you might have had, you know, Lee Abamante? Yeah, sure, I know He's Lee. one of my closest friends. Oh, sure, I know <laughs> Lee. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he had a travel pop-up party. Any, any content, any s- comments I made about travel counters not being good guests, you know. It, <laughs> he, he's a great guy. That's how I met Actually, him. Actually, Lee isn't necessarily as good. He, Lee's a great, he, Lee's been a great guest on This Week in Travel mm-hmm. because he's an interesting guy. Of course. But he's a less interesting guest on Amer- Amateur Traveler because he's often someplace for a weekend. Exactly. He, yeah. I uh, I met him, I'll tell you. There's a great episode with him in, in on This Week of Travel in Las Vegas talking about some of the things that he's done with his, you know, weird travel bachelor weekend yeah, sort of. Yeah, crazy. He's a, he's a hustler. Right. Yeah, oh, he, he, and again, he, if you want to, again, talk about people who the business side of things is the reason why they're successful. Lee would be one of those. He is a perfect example. I'll tell yeah. you, I was uh, maybe four years ago, I started you know, traveling. I hate to say, like, I, I was traveling a lot. Like, every couple of months, I was yeah, trying yeah. to go somewhere. And I'm like, you know, I want to go. I want to go places. Like, I just got back from London three days ago. I've never been there, but I've been to 60 other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I want to go to North Korea. No one goes there. So I Google. We've, we've done an episode of the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Travel on North Korea. So I, I Google it, <laughs> and it comes up, uh, like, New Yorker, North Korea, Lee. Abba. I'm like, oh, I email him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, this might be weird. Can I call you? I have a few questions. He's like, yeah. Well, because Lee's been everywhere. Just every, for, yeah, for people who have so Lee's been not just a travel counter, but the youngest American to get to every country. Every country in the world. Yeah. Uh, LeeAbamante.com. Yeah. And uh, he, he's like, hey, I just Googled you. You have a podcast? I'll come on your podcast. <laughs> Boom. And now he comes on. He he comes up here. We're trying to get him a show on here. But he just, but like you said, he can't focus on one country. But his right. story's about five minutes about each country. Yeah. But that's exactly. where I met Samantha Brown's husband. He had a travel pop-up party. Ah, okay, sure. And sure. he was no, there, and, and Lee met everybody there. Good fun. So anything, I want to plug your Instagram and your Twitter. Okay. Are you are you a big Instagrammer? Because I don't have Instagram. Uh, I, I I am on Instagram. Okay. I, I do it once a day. Okay. Uh, Chris, Chris2x. Chris2x on Instagram, Chris2x on Twitter, Chris2x on Pinterest. Uh, 
Chris the number two followed by an X, as in Chris Christensen, Chris two times. I didn't look at my notes the whole time, but here's what one question. I didn't I look at my notes either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on your website, what's the round the world tri uh, trip, the round the world ticket? Is it worth it? Oh, it depends. Okay. It depends what you're doing. So the there, it's a specific technical tickets that well. It depends on a little what you do. It, for instance, if you work with the partner that I'm working with, it's that's Airtrex, uh, and you know, go through my site for the link. But of course, <laughs> amateurtravel.com. Amateurtraveler.com. But um, if you can do special things, but there's also a specific ticket from each of the three major um, airline frequent flyer uh, uh, affiliations. I'm not sure associations. I can't think of what the right term is now. Um, alliances is the right term. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, United, American, and Delta are in each of them are in three different alliances of different airlines, and each of those alliances will sell you an around the world ticket that will only fly on their partner airlines. Okay, and and they have quirky things like you can only fly east to west or you can only fly west to east. You know, you always constantly, you can, and you can only fly up to 39,000 miles on this particular one, or you can only make so many stops. But if you're doing something that makes sense with that, mm -hmm. um, then, then it can be a more affordable way of doing a trip where you do, you know, Paris and Cairo and Dubai and Singapore and Honolulu and home. Okay. Um, so it's it just depends on what you're doing, whether it makes sense. And yeah, I have a blog post that went up recently that, that sort of walked through the details for each of the different programs, and then you can see, well, yeah, okay, this trip does or doesn't make sense with that, as well as has a widget there where you can you can get a quote from from Airtrex. But it's kind of like the the your rail pass, for instance. Does that make sense? It depends. If you're going to go to a lot of places it will make more sense than if you're going to go to two cities or if you're going to go to, you know, two cities, but you're going to be in three days in that city and three days in that city, then a, then a pass probably doesn't make, make as much sense. So you really just have to kind of know what the trade-offs are. Hacky, generic question. And yes. you, you collect like a souvenir or something from every country? Just pictures. That's it? Yeah, pretty much not. Uh, there, there are a few countries that I'll, like Tanzania, I picked up more souvenirs than I was planning some of the crafts and things like that because mm -hmm. you'd walk into some place and it would be like, what, $5 for that? You know, for a for a carved elephant yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or for a basket, you know, that was handmade. But it was like, okay, well, I got to buy that. But as a rule, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just because the house would fill up with, with souvenirs. Now it just fills up with photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, when I started... And tchotchkes from travel events. Yeah. <laughs> when I started going places, I have a little cousin. She was, I guess, like, just say eight when I really started traveling heavy. And I bought her like pesos, just say from Mexico. Yeah, yeah. So every country I've ever been to, she has currency from that country. I, well, see, I have a bag of currency in in plastic bags yeah, yeah, yeah. that are labeled. You know, when I go back to <laughs> to Europe, take this bag. When I get back to you know, when I'm going to London, take this bag because I've still got you know some things that are left over. Yeah, I didn't try and spend all my Botswana and South African currency because I knew I was you know planning on going back in May, and so. Oh. About that, back yeah. in May, are you going to Zambia or Zimbabwe? I don't know, honestly. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to Zimbabwe, the Zimbabwe side of the Victoria Falls. Okay. It may depend on when we we're there because they didn't. They were. Th this is a tour that Intrepid does normally, and mm -hmm. they were unspecific. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not sure why they're not, you know, being specific, but I think that probably means that it depends. Okay. So I was just in London. We were in the British Museum, and um, like I said, my friend's from Zimbabwe. Yeah. And he's like, dude, you know, the money there means nothing. Yeah, and they have they have that poster, and they have like the twenty million dollar bill, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's less 
bad than it used to be in terms of their their hyperinflation. But it it was pretty bad there for a while. I'm um, just trying to see if I've hit all my notes with you. Well, the next one was, are you bored talking about travel all the time? That was it. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 clearly, you're talking to a podcaster. Uh, we don't get bored talking. <laughs> I got to tell you, this was an absolute The only pleasure. thing you have to worry about with a podcaster is, how long do we have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks. It was great fun. <laughs> I hope you had a good time. I did.